Welcome back to MMA on SiriusXM Podcast. RJ Clifford here. Today I spoke with Dean Thomas, my co-host, about his unwillingness, and nor should he apologize for his comments about how Leon Edwards looked in his drastic come-from-behind title fight win at UFC 278. We also talked to Ultimate Fighter Season 30 winner Juliana Miller about her struggles to not only just get into the octagon and also win the Ultimate Fighter and all the things that she had to overcome to get where she wanted to go. Have fun. So you got a little heat on Saturday when Leon Edwards landed one of the most brilliant head kick finishes we've ever seen in mixed martial arts. Took the belt away from Kamara Usman, ripped victory out of the jaws of defeat, had an incredible moment. He's in tears. We all saw the viral moment of him FaceTiming his mom in the bowels of the arena. I was standing right next to him the whole time he was doing that. We were back. I was back there working, and it was quite a moment. Um, and John Anik had himself quite a moment saying he was not cut from that same cloth. And he was responding to Rogan, DC, and you. Here's what you had to say in the fifth round when Leon Edwards looked like he was completely shot. Dean Thomas, go ahead, sir. If it wasn't obvious enough, Leon is broken out. And the biggest tell that you can always know this is because he doesn't give his coach eye contact in the corner. And when they don't give him eye contact, they're ashamed. And he's embarrassed right now of his own performance. This is how you know a fighter is broken. And Leon right now is broken. So I was in 100% agreement with you. I was not octagon side. I was in the back watching. Um, the entire crew I was with agreed with you. He did look absolutely shot and broken, which made his comeback knockout all that more spectacular. Um, but because he did get the finish, and because he did get the upset, and because he, I guess, was not completely broken, you get a little heat, I think, Dean. I got a lot of heat. And it was because I, and and like, as it? soon as I, I mean, when I said it, I wasn't thinking, oh, he's going to come back. No one did. No one expected him to come back, which is what actually makes the moment as special as it does is because he was as broken as he was and was still able to come back and pull that, as they say, out of the fire. Now, when I said it, I'm completely fine with it. Then when he gets the knockout, I knew immediately that I was like, (laughs) that's why I tweeted out. As soon as that happened, I tweeted out, man, they're going to get me. Because I knew that somebody was going to say something about it. But I didn't expect it to get that much heat. But I think it got that much heat because the timing of DC reiterating what I had said. And mm-hmm. then when Anik said what he said, I mean, it just it kind of played out as if it was written to work that way. DC kind of buried you a little bit. Like instead of him like saying it on his own, he's like, yeah, Dean just said this. Yeah. And I know, and I know he wasn't like no one thought the knockout was coming. So like if yeah. it didn't come, it would have been like it would have been great. Like yeah. they'd be like, man, he's a genius. He knew, but the knockout came, and then it was like, oh well, Dean said this and Dean said so, and I knew I was gonna take some heat, but um, I didn't expect it to catch that much heat, and that, and I think I know why it did is because that moment was so special for everybody that they saw me as trying to take that moment away from them. Mm-hmm. And they saw me as the, the enemy who didn't believe in Leon. And I was trying to take it away from him. And that wasn't the case at all. As if Leon could hear like you and you were, yeah. As if Leon could hear you and you were like part of the equation. If I was going boo, Leon, you yeah. suck. You can't <laughs> win this fight. I never said that. All I said was, listen, RJ, one thing I know, and I've been doing, I've been in the fight game for a very long time. We all know yeah. this from every position as a fighter, as a corner, from every position. Ring card I girl. know yeah. 
I know what a broken fighter looks like. I've yeah. been a broken fighter. I know the signs. I know when I'm looking at a person and I can tell that you're just defeated. I, I've looked at people because I was defeated, not wanting to be, but I was still defeated. But that has nothing to do with the outcome because Leon is still a talent, talented fighter and he's still capable of pulling off that kick, whether he wanted to be there or not. And I could see it in his face that he was broken. And he even said it afterwards. I, w- I didn't give a great performance. He may not have said those exact words, but he even said it afterwards. So I do not, I will never apologize for what I said on Saturday night. So you must have felt incredibly vindicated this morning when you saw the news. Dave Lavelle, the head corner of Leon Edwards, spoke to Mike Bond of MMA Junkie and said these very interesting words. I knew I had to do something. His body language, he wouldn't look me in the eye. He was slumping in his chair. Um, He looked dejected. I'm thinking, this is not you, son. What is wrong? So I don't know what it was. Call it godly intervention. I don't know. But I had to shake this kid out of this slumber. We're in a world title fight. And you're looking sorry for yourself. That's exactly what you said. Eye contact, (laughs) dejected, body language. Get some, Dean Thomas. That's exactly what what you said. The guy that cares about him the most, the man who's in his corner, said exactly the same thing you did. And and that's why, like, so I felt, you know what, RJ, I really really wanted to do a victory dance on everybody's face, but I didn't because I said, you know what? Do it. I turned my nose. I turn my notifications off because like it was just, you know, I didn't I didn't want to get in all these arguments with people. But then when this came out, I was like, nah, forget that. I'm gonna go back out there and laugh. But I said, you know what? I'm just gonna leave it at is because I don't wanna, I ain't gonna want I don't wanna gloat. You know what I'm saying? I don't wanna gloat. All I'm saying is this. Then let me do it. Is it is that I knew I was right. He proved it. Now Chael Sonnen actually went on a few podcasts and had my back on this, but I knew the truth would come out eventually. It had mm-hmm. to have because there's no way Leon could not answer the fact that in three of those rounds, he did completely nothing and was going back with his tail tucked between his legs. He was going to eventually have to answer that. Somebody was eventually going to say, well, how did you feel going into that fifth round? He was going to have to be like, I'll be honest with you guys. I you felt be beat up. I felt yeah. like I couldn't do it. He would have had to have answered that. But luckily, his coach did it for him. Luckily for me, his coach did it for me. And uh, I want to thank you, Dave Lavelle. Shout out to you. If you, uh, your next birthday, let me know. I'm going to go ahead and send you some uh, crumpets and some tea. I got you. But uh, I appreciate you. So you may be too esteemed of a gentleman to go on a uh, low road, rub it in your face type tour. But uh, I certainly am not. So I'm going to do it for you. (laughs) MMA History Today tweeted, get Dean Thomas to come back on the broadcast and apologizing for saying that Leon Edwards was broken. No, he's not going to. Leon nope. Edwards was broken. Bloody Elbow tweeted, quote, Leon is broken. He didn't make eye contact in the corner. That's a tell. Dean Thomas. That was tweeted right after the knockout as well. So they were prove, trying to prove a point. And yet, that's exactly what happened. He was broken. Uh, can I, can I get my apology contact. broken, uh, bloody elbow, yeah. and MMA history? I would like an apology, formal, at Dean Thomas, D-I-N Thomas, tag me. A written apology pinned to your Twitter. I'm not done yet. Sean Sheehan, Dean Thomas saying he gave up. Because he did. At that moment. And, 
and his head coach even said so. <laughs> those weren't those weren't exactly my words, but I see what yeah. you're trying to infer. Those weren't my words, but I see what Twisting you're trying to infer. the words a little so, bit. So apologize twice. I need I need a double <laughs> apology. Uh, an apology for trying to call you out for something that was correct, and another apology for twisting your words. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. What form of apology would you like? Like a handwritten letter mailed to you, something on social media, is it enough? maybe a video apology? So I want a video. I want their eyes? full video. I want okay. full video apologies of all the dudes who felt the need, not only from just the the journalists and the media, but from mm. all the dudes who felt the need to come on my pages and disrupt my my Instagram and be like, oh, you're such an idiot. The UFC should fire you for saying stuff like that. They need to come on my page, and I want a video apology from all those guys. Real talk. Set it up. Be a man and apologize for when you're wrong, people. Be a man. That's right. I mean, I w- listen, I've been wrong before. I'm not ashamed of being wrong. Like I've been mm. wrong plenty of times. This is one of the times I knew I wasn't wrong. So I wasn't I wasn't going to I was going to stick to my guns regardless. Shout out to Cody Morrow for having my back saying that, I, you know, he appreciated me sticking to my guns. So I wasn't going to back down for nothing on this. But with that said, if you came at me on that bullshit, you need to come back and apologize. Busted Open is your daily home for all things pro wrestling. Join Dave LaGreca, WWE Hall of Famers, Bully Ray and Mark Henry, and hardcore wrestling legend Tommy Dreamer. Dave LaGreca here. From WWE to AEW, Impact, New Japan, Ring of Honor, and more, we talk it all. Whether you grew up watching Ric Flair or Stone Cold Steve Austin, Busted Open is your place for pro wrestling. Busted Open, Mondays through Saturdays at 9 a.m. East on Fight Nation, Sirius XM Channel 156. The new winner of The Ultimate Fighter, she beat Brogan Walker a few weeks ago and crowned herself The Ultimate Fighter 30 champion, Juliana Miller, here on MMA Today. How are you doing, Juliana? I'm doing awesome. Thanks for having me back. Of course. Are you still kind of riding that high? I mean, it was, you know, three weeks ago, but I got to imagine a pretty big moment in your life. Yes, for sure. Um, It's been really exciting seeing how many people really heard my story and vision and Mm -hmm. uh, what that meant to them. So uh, it's awesome and like couldn't be happier. And of course, you know, I've been working towards the goal of becoming an ultimate fighter forever. So it's like solidifying my name is the best in that house was just pure joy. What what was your story that you tried to? Because you're saying you just say you're so proud that people heard your story. Like, normally, if I won the Ultimate Fighter, I'd be like, yeah, I got the money, I got the UFC career, I got I got some 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 promotion. But you wanted people to hear your story. What was that story, and was that the goal when you got started? Yeah. Um. So, to be completely honest, everything that I've accomplished has nothing to do with the people following me or the finances. More than anything, I wanted to create a platform for people to hear my voice so that way I would be able to help people through some of the things that I went through. Mm. Um, If you've seen any of my fights, one thing that I say beyond at the end of every fight is I say, if I can do it, you can too. I fight for the broken, the beaten, and the damned. And it's really true. Three years ago, I was in a very broken place. I, I could barely pull myself off of the couch. I mean, I was just rock bottom, full-blown, broken down. And I started going to emotional intelligence classes and 
getting really serious into martial arts, and I was able to change my life. And I truly believe that if I can do it, you know, everyone else can too. I've gone through, um, you know, multiple things that doctors said I needed to be on medications for life, such as ADHD, um, manic depressive disorder, um, obsessive compulsive disorder, just um, I'm dyslexic, basically that like, I'm not smart enough and all these things growing up and um, they were constantly putting me on medications for it. So I decided that I believe that you don't need a medicine to improve your life. You just have to work a little harder. So I joined those programs, emotional intelligence ones I spoke about earlier. And um, I just started working on my brain naturally doing health and fitness, learning about the way the brain works and why the, the brain works that way. And most importantly, how to deal with these things that I was going through. I mean, I had a really traumatic childhood, so it made my young adult life very difficult to function on a normal level. And um, as I started doing research, there's like 80% of America has dealt with trauma as a kid and then going into their adult life 75 out of that 80% is on medications for it. So I was just completely baffled at the numbers once I started doing research and decided that I want to do something to make a change and motivate these people that are going through so much because it's just not spoke about enough. Yeah, that's a remarkable story. Um, but at what point did you, okay, so that's the, the, uh, the mental side of it. Now, when did you get into martial arts and just kind of make that all happen and, and, and intertwine that in with the, the mental work that you was doing? I started jujitsu when I was 18 years old. Um, I'm now 26. Um, so eight years ago, I took my first jujitsu class. I did jujitsu for maybe two months. And then I, I stopped training for about a year and a half. Um, started jujitsu again and then a few months later I wanted to fight um, because I wanted to host some women's self-defense seminars and my coach Manolo was like the only fight you were ever in you got beat up and I was like true so what do I need to do to do these women's self-defense seminars and he said go win three amateur MMA fights so I joined their gym and I did just that I won my first three fights in under a minute. Um, I've now been doing MMA for five years. Um, yeah. Now let's let's go back to the the fight you had in the house against Brogan. There seemed to be some beef. Was that beef settled with the the win, or do y'all still got a little beef going? Uh, yeah, I thought that it was settled, but um, she definitely. I feel she still doesn't like me. Um, after the fights and everything, we went to, like, this little after party at the hotel, and I guess she was there, and um, someone was like, oh, Brogan's here, let me go get her so you can talk to her, and I was like, cool, and I, like, walked with this person to go talk to her, and then um, my brother came up to me two minutes later and was like, dude, I just saw Brogan A-line out of here, so she had, like, seen me and then ran out of the club, so, um, yeah, I'm unsure, but, you know, when you... When you talk a lot of smack about someone and then get humbled, I guess that could be a bit embarrassing. Well, I love that you have that effect on people. You just make them leave the club. <laughs> now, when I, when I saw you fight, I, I see a lot of parallels between you 
and Juliana Pena. What is the relationship like between you and her? And uh, and how, how did that get started? Yeah, um, the relationship between us is awesome. She's an incredible coach. I mean, she came out to the, the finale fights and hung out with us after we all got dinner. Um, it's really incredible, and I do see a lot of uh, – her spirit within me of course like I have my own style you know I just met her a few months ago but we have very similar personality types so I feel like it couldn't have been more perfect for her to be my coach I'm just so inspired by her and I love her so much so so a lot of um the bigger sticklers in MMA media they're kind of like over the ultimate fighter like oh it's been around forever they're kind of over it what was, what was your experience was it still was it was it what you would hope to be being on the show and winning the show um well to be completely honest with you I hadn't actually seen ultimate fighter until I was like accepted onto the show oh, wow. and um, when I was in quarantine I just spent all day every day watching all the old seasons so I was like, oh, cool, you know, a reality TV show. I didn't exactly understand completely what I was getting myself into with that. Um, mm. But, you know, back in the day, a lot of it was based on, like, um, the coaches playing tricks on each other and pulling pranks. And um, even at times it was about these, like, challenges that they do and – I think it's pretty cool that now they're focusing more on the fighter, the background of the fighter and the training. However, mm. uh, I like the pranks the whole time. I'm like, let's do a prank. Come on. Like, let's make it funny. Um, I definitely got in a few arguments in the house because I'm uh, very voiced and opinionated. Um, and I, I love to talk to people about stuff like that. Uh, there was a lot that just wasn't shown on the show that I think all of us are kind of wowed at why they didn't put anything in there. I mean, Mo and I did ice baths every night. They didn't put much about recovery in there. Mm -hmm. uh, like I was rapping. I rap. I made like three raps. I had these like little puffy nunchucks that I would just walk around the house swinging all the time. And um, there, there was just a lot of really cool, fun stuff that happened that they didn't put in there. So I'm very interested as to why they left all of that out. But overall, I think that it was a pretty good season. And um, I think they're pretty lucky that they had me on the show. I was definitely the life of the party for quite mm -hmm. some time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, you've been life of the party after your wins. You did that Degeneration X cross chop to your last opponent, Rogan Walker. And you explained why, right? Here, you know, um, the whole story behind it. Is that something that's going to stick around? Like, is that your trademark now? Every time you win, it's just like, suck it, bitch. <laughs> you know, I, I'm undecided. It just might be. Um, okay. But I feel like, you know, if I have a really, if I have an opponent that uh, I have a lot of respect for and stuff like that, I probably won't be telling her to suck it. But, Potentially, yeah. that's just a finish move, you know, like if it goes to yeah. decision, I'm not going to tell her to suck it. But if I go out there and knock someone out cold and I'm standing over them, I might be like, yeah, suck it. But uh. okay. you got uh, to earn the suck it. You can't just like split yeah. decision your way to a suck it. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, so now you won the ultimate fighter in the UFC. You are still pretty young in your career, right? Just four fights as as a pro, right? Not including the house fights. Um, what's next for you? You're looking deep into the waters, getting there quick. 
improve before your next fight? What do you think? Yeah, I'm just staying active, um, improving a little every day. To be quite honest, I I did pretty much a six-month camp straight. So right yeah. now I'm just rehabbing my body but staying fit. Um, and I'm looking to fight maybe uh, mid to late December or January. However, with the UFC, it's kind of like they offer you somebody and you say yes or no. You don't say, hey, I want to fight this date, and then they give it to you. Um, so really, I'm just keeping my ears open for when they want me back. Is there an opponent that you're eyeing? No, no. not yet. Okay. <laughs> You'll learn that. <laughs> what did you do? Anything to celebrate winning the Ultimate Fighter? I mean, you know, you went to the uh, you went to this like after party, but was there like something you've been begging to do or dying to do, or something that's an awesome story? Oh yes, about? I okay. ate all of the sweets. I had a giant bucket that had like cake, brownies, ice cream, ice cream cones. I had all a bucket the of it. Oh, no, you got any left? Yeah, it was like, <laughs> we shared it with the table, but I definitely ate most of it. Um, that was the first thing, you know, after the win, we went to dinner and I was like, order all the sweets. So I did that. I, I As soon as I got home, I, I celebrated by, you know, hugging my grandma and getting to spend some time with her, seeing my family. And um, in the next few weeks here, I'm actually going to be going to Ireland and then Rome. I want to see the Colosseum. Oh, wow. I think that'd be really cool to see where all the old school warriors were. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, just good food and travel and family. Just a trough of sweets. I love it. Yeah. Man, that sounds so good. Juliana Miller here on MMA Today. Thanks for coming on, Juliana. Congratulations again on winning the show. And uh, we'll see you maybe in December or January in the Octagon. Yeah, thank you so much. I hope you guys have a great day. Thanks, you too. Juliana Miller. MMA Today is part of the Sirius XM Sports Podcast Network. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, please give us a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcast. Plus, catch MMA Today Tuesday through Thursday from 12 to 2 p.m. Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation, Channel 156, and on the SXM app. Sirius XM Podcasts.